testing, one, two, three, testing. This is Horace Williams Jr. over at PleasingToThePotter.com. Hello, thank you for joining me here today at the PleasingToThePotter.com podcast. This is your host, Horace Williams Jr. So glad you have joined in with me this week. I have been so excited to do this final episode of my resurrection series that I have been anxious and what I was going to share with you all today. So bear with me and uh, we can get through this. But I pray that you are blessed by what I shared today. You know, last week we looked at the, part of the Resurrection Series, part three. We looked at the crucifixion of Christ. And where we left off was when Christ called out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we talked about how alone Jesus must have felt because of the separation that had to take place as Jesus bore all our sins on the cross. And so, when those times that we are feeling alone, we can know that we have a Savior that understands those feelings that we experience from time to time because He definitely experienced that on the cross for us. Then we also talked about the earthquake that took place and most importantly, the veil that was torn in two, giving us access to our Heavenly Father via prayer. So, throughout the series, I have been in Matthew and Luke primarily. But as I close the series out, I want to reference the book of John, chapter 20. And so we're going to pick up after Christ was crucified. So here we go, verse 38. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a, being a disciple of Jesus, put a secret one for, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds of weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in, lending wrappings with the spices, as in the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, came early to the tomb while it was still dark, and saw that the stone was already already taken away from the tomb. Well, no, Mary Magdalene, I don't know if you remember, she was one of the uh, a woman that had been possessed by demons, multiple demons, seven demons, and Jesus removed them from her and she became one of his followers. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. 
And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away to their own homes. You know, that, that that's kind of fun to me there, that you would walk into the tomb where Jesus was buried and see that there's no body and then just go back to your house. <laughs> go back to your house. I don't know if you're if they were in shock or what was what was going on in their heads. They were probably just blown away. But I I would tend to gather they were in shock. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you had carried him away, please tell me where you have taken him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him in Hebrew. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your guide. Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he, that he had said these things to her. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now the reason, I just want to touch on this, the reason why the disciples were in houses cowering fear is for fear of retribution as far as they just saw Jesus crucified and they had fears that they might be next because of their association with him. So then here's Jesus appearing through uh, into, the, into the building where the doors are locked. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, every time I read that, I'm like, wow, uh, Thomas was pretty bold uh, with that statement that he would uh, even think about sticking his hand in the holes where Jesus would nail to the cross. 
but that just shows he thought his brother, his other disciples were crazy. He thought, you know, you must have been hallucinating. What do you mean you just saw Jesus? Um, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and this time Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said again, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger, and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see me, and yet believed. Wow. You know, um, the resurrection of Christ is the basis of why we as Christians can believe what we believe, teach what we teach, the preachers can preach what they preach, and it's what our faith is based on because of God's promises. I want to share with you a passage of scripture that was written by the Apostle Paul, and it's in 1 Corinthians 15. And it kind of is a synopsis or uh, revealing, um, in my Bible, it talks about the mystery of the resur resurrection. But it really speaks to me and what the resurrection is about, and I hope you're encouraged about it as well, and it clarifies things for you. He's writing to the um, people in Corinth. He says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this, when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that it, it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toll is not in vain in the Lord. So after hearing that passage, how should we feel? You know, it's one thing to know that Christ came as born as a baby, died on the cross, and rose again on the third day. It's, 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 it's one thing to know that intellectually in your mind, but it's another thing to believe it, trust in it, and surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. That is why Christ came to die on the cross for our sins. Because we do, we are imperishable. Our, we are headed for eternal damnation without the salvation of Jesus Christ. The same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead is available to us as Christians when we seek him.
Christ came and was born. And he eventually died on the cross. And he rose three days later. And if you don't believe that, let me ask you, why not? Why would Christ put himself and humble himself to endure the pain and suffering? He did it because he loves you and me. So if you haven't already, I'm pleading with you to make the commitment to surrender your heart to Christ Jesus. Ask him to come into your life, be your Lord and Savior, forgive you of your sins, and show you how he wants you to live for him. I hope you have enjoyed these series on the resurrection this month of April. I know I have enjoyed reading through the word and sharing the word with you and give you some of my thoughts as far as what God is speaking to me on these on this subject. Wanted to also give you a reminder that my book on the power of prayer, you can go to my website, pleasingtothepotter.com, click on the top tab. If you want someone to pray with you or for you, there's also a prayer request tab. And then finally, if you'd like a sample of my upcoming new book, The First of Affliction, you can get uh, the first few chapters on my website as well. Or you can check on the podcast. You can listen to a audio version of the first chapter as well. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you had a wonderful Easter. I know I really enjoyed my Easter when I woke up this morning, was standing outside waiting for my ride. I heard the birds chirping. The sun was coming up. And it reminded me of about 20 years ago when I was at a sunrise service at a lake. And the sun was coming up behind the pastor's head. And it reminded me of the hope that we can have because Jesus is alive, people. He is risen. We can have hope. He's the first fruits. This is not our home. If you come to know him as your Lord and Savior, this is not your home. You will see him again. So be encouraged. Be blessed. Have a great week. Keep your eyes on Christ. And I'll talk to you soon. God bless.